You're listening to the PWBA Podcast, the show about the current superstars and legends of the Professional Women's Bowling Association. Join Bold TV's Neil Williams Jr. and Aaron Smith as they bring you a collection of stories, history, and the latest happenings from the best women bowlers in the world. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 19 of the PWBA podcast, uh, of course, on BowlTV.com and simulcasting today on the PWBA Facebook page as well as the Bowl TV YouTube channel. My name is Emil Williams Jr., one of your co-hosts, uh, and as always, joining me on the PWBA podcast is Aaron, A.A. Ron Smith, and uh, certainly Aaron, before we get to uh, how we're doing, uh, let's certainly start at the top uh, today. A, a tough day, if you will, certainly in the bowling community and certainly from my vantage point uh, from the Professional Women's Bowling Association as uh, the season has officially been canceled. The 2020 season officially has been canceled. You may have seen this news, of course, already via uh, social media, uh, press release, of course, via email, uh, however you get your news. But uh, certainly wanted to start the show off to, uh, yeah, obviously, that's not the way we intended to start today's show. We've got a great guest as Daria Payok will be joining us momentarily. Uh, and we will get her uh, immediate thoughts on, on how she's feeling. But, uh, uh, Aaron, it's a tough it's a tough day, tough situation. Obviously, COVID-19 has affected uh, so many uh, across the board from sports, obviously personal. Uh, obviously, lives have been lost across the country and across the world. Uh, and so the, the, the need to feel safe, uh, the player safety, staff safety uh, at the forefront, certainly of this announcement. And uh, but a tough day nonetheless. Certainly so. Uh, obviously, we were all hoping uh, to see some type of tour this season. Um, was was definitely a, a tough phone call for us to get to. Uh, obviously, we were hoping for the best. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, safety is the key uh, for the proprietors, for the fans, uh, for their staff, our staff, but most importantly, our athletes on the PWBA tour. Uh, so when you kind of considered everything, kind of looked at all the angles, uh, which which the staff totally, you know, went out, did did the work, tried to figure out a few things. Uh, it, it, there's just so many moving parts to this that they didn't want to leave everybody essentially in limbo, kind of continuing to wait and see. Uh, so I commend them. It had to be an extremely tough choice. But, uh, you know, safety is first. And, uh, you know, let's just start looking ahead to 2021. Yeah, that's that's really all certainly we can do at the at this point point in time. Uh, again, if you're just joining us at the top of the broadcast, we will have Daria Payok on in, in just a few seconds. Uh, but uh, just re- referencing the 2020 PWBA tour has officially been canceled. Uh, player safety, certainly uh, one of the top talking points, the top one uh, regarding COVID-19. Uh, and without further ado, uh, one of the most popular uh, superstar athletes on the PWBA tour uh, joining us for episode 19, uh, Daria Payok. We mentioned it. This is the reason that most of you obviously came to the podcast to to talk to Daria uh, today. And uh, Aaron, what are you ready? You ready? I'm ready. All right, let's bring in Daria. And uh, first of all, hello, Daria. How are you? Hello, I'm I'm okay. Thank yes, you. yes, I know. Um, we'll we'll get just kind of start from the top with your uh, you know immediate you know reaction. Obviously, thoughts. Uh, we all know how important the tour is to everyone, and and certainly uh, players like yourself. So uh, certainly, you you have the floor for a little bit. Yeah, I just I just didn't get to me at the very beginning of what it really means. It means I'm not a ball, 
So I was very, I wasn't angry. I was very sad because everybody reacts in different ways. It's just that the big sadness hit me because it just shows of how, it shows the scale of what's really happening in the world right now. So uh, I'm just, I'm just very happy that our safety was the most important matter. And I do realize that if that was to happen, it would just be very problematic for many people. I'm currently in Poland and what happens if I was stuck in some airport in the middle of nowhere and it happened that I had to be taken into a quarantine for two weeks? It's just so many things that could have gone wrong. And as, as much as I'm so sad about it, I'm just sitting for new opportunities. And I'm sure there's going to be so many events to go, nevertheless. The fact that the tour is not happening, it doesn't mean that we just stop. We're just done bowling. I'm very worried for all the bowling proprietors. I'm worried for you guys, because we are with you all the time during the whole summer. I'm worried for everybody who was involved in making the tour this year to happen. I don't know what are the consequences. I was a bit worried, and I did ask that question while we were on the call with um, everybody on the PWBA, and I did ask if that means that we have anything to worry for for that 2021. If you know, if the PWBA maybe have gone a bit financial hit and maybe we're not gonna have a tour at all. So that was my concern. I wasn't really as concerned about not being able to bowl this year. I'm just looking more into the future because if I cannot bowl this year, I have a lot of things to do. I, I'm fine, you know. I'm gonna spread the love to bowling. I'm gonna be practicing. I have tournaments, I, I'm gonna bowl in Poland, I'm gonna fight the States, bowl some events and I'll manage. I'm just more worried about people who might be potentially losing jobs and and just struggle financially. So it's a lot of emotions right now. Indeed, and that was very well said. And you and mm -hmm. you touched on a very important point that that we should make clear also, just to double down on it. Uh, this has no bearing on the 2021 uh, PWBA tour season. You know, all all energies and and signs are are moving in the direction uh, to make sure 2021 is a go and. I uh, hope to have a, an announcement in the future, obviously, regarding a schedule for 2021. So uh, do not be alarmed in that regard. Uh, this is the 2020 season we're talking about, and uh, significant specific circumstances certainly have affected it. But 2021 is, is uh, uh, a go, certainly, as we look forward to that. Um, Aaron, uh, uh, no, don't, go ahead, Dari. No, I was just saying it's very comforting knowing that 21 is not in the risk of no maybe. Indeed. Uh, well, well, we'll shift gears uh, ever so slightly. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think, Dari, we, we probably, uh, obviously, we didn't know prior to, of course, that having you on, we would be sharing this news and, and, and et cetera, et cetera. So we had this cool conversation planned, uh, and we will try to still have that conversation the best way that we, we possibly can. So uh, we'll start at the top, and essentially, of course, with the quarantine um, everyone has been figuring out ways to stay busy, uh, and that's always our first question. So uh, how have you been trying to stay busy? Um, you're always active on social media, of course, as well. So what have you been doing, and, and what's it been like? I know you've been uh, in your native Poland for a little bit as well. Yes, I did have lots of time, lots of free time on my hands, and I couldn't bowl because the bowling centers are so close in Poland. They were meant to open up on June 1st. They're going to be opening on June 6th. So this Saturday, I'm going to get to roll. So that's what I'm very excited for. I did give an interview to Bullish Journal when I was saying of how much passion I have um, developed to rollerblading. 
And I've been rollerblading a lot. And maybe in the past, I didn't do it as much as I wanted to. It's because my dad would always say, like, don't do the things that can take you out of the game. <laughs> like, why would you rollerblade if you can break your wrist? Like, <laughs> just go for a job. You know, so living in that mentality kind of doesn't let you do the things that you really want to. But this coronavirus had me do, like, I want to do it. I'm doing it. So rollerblading had been one of the things. But also, there is that one thing I haven't really um, openly spoken about very much, but I have moved back to Poland on March 3rd, which means that with all my travels, my pit stop is going to be in Poland. And there's a lot of reasons for that. It's not bad or good news. It's just news. So I have been working on finishing my house, you know, painting walls, picking tiles. So there's so much work that needs to be done. So I'm constantly moving. So. I really didn't feel like I was getting too bored. I have also started to learn Korean, which I can even show you. Oh, no, <laughs> right now, like on the alphabet. Okay. I much. find it so interesting, and the reason why I have chosen Korean is that because of a lot of my fans are from Korea, and I've been going to Korea a lot. And there's that cool group of Americans who always hang out with the professional bowlers when we go there. I would like to say hello to them. But they're like, it's so easy to read Korean. And they've always been telling that. And they would just like stop someone like, oh, you read it like that. You should try. And I was like, what does it mean? And that was the first part, you know? If there's a language I want to learn how to read, it would be the language that's easy to learn how to read. And Korean it is. So yeah, that sums up my quarantine for now. I have to ask, because I can't do either. Which is tougher to learn, rollerblading or Korean? Or uh, what? Right. Oh, which is tougher to start off at rollerblading or Korean? Because I can't do I, I can't speak the language or I can't well, rollerblade. Because, so. um, rollerblading, I knew how to rollerblade since I was a kid, but definitely harder to learn how to rollerblade if you're afraid of breaking your bone. But yeah, that's Korean, doesn't, <laughs> Korean doesn't bring this risk. It's not whether if you are a type of a person that likes to move, right? Or if you just prefer to sit and listen to music and do something that you will find that can help you in the future. So it's just for the competitors. It depends on what you want. I'm trying to balance it out and uh, I was trying to do it all. And Skillshare is the greatest platform on earth. It's a platform where you have like online classes. It costs maybe 10 to $15 a month to sign up. And there's so many classes. I was learning how to do videography, photography, social media stuff, uh, self-branding. And Korean was just one of the things I also clicked on and just followed the plan. And I really enjoy it. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, I'll share one small story. My my now wife uh, tried to get me to roller skate, not rollerblade, but just roller skate for years, just just years. And every year I'd say, no, nah, I don't want to break any bones. You know, I was still bowling like all the time collegiately at the at that time. And and finally, like four or five years ago, uh, I just I just I just buckled down and broke down and said, all right. And so we so we went. It was during Christmas time. And uh yeah, downtown Chicago, they have the rink out, and uh, I finally went. I'm sorry, I should say ice skating, not roller skating. Uh, ice skating was the uh, was the thing, and I finally went. I finally went. Skating on the ice is not the I did it, and um, I didn't break anything, and I, I haven't been back since, so I don't I don't know what that means. But uh, now she's listening, and she'll probably say, "Hey, we should go ice skating." Uh, uh, it's Christmas. Say that again. Did you enjoy it? I did. It was very fun, actually. It was it was pretty solid. Uh, I was my fear was as you just said, breaking bones. That that's always been my fear of anything 
that would get in the way of uh, me being a competitor. But since I don't really do that part anymore, I can break any bone. It's it's it's, it's okay <laughs> at this point. <laughs> it's definitely a lot more comfortable to sit in a chair and comment while you have your legs not broken. So, so just be said. Fair enough. That's, that's very fair point. Uh, I'm still probably not going to try either. It's definitely rollerblading, but... I, I, could, I, I could go for Korean. I, I might uh, put that on the list as a, as a new thing for, uh, for 2020 here. It gives uh, you a good sense of satisfaction. You're like, okay, I learned something today. Cool. Very important. I agree. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, that uh, I believe Thursday the centers are opening it up in Poland. So uh, I, obviously, you know, with the news today, uh, you know, still thinking there may be a tour coming up. But, uh, you know, We've kind of asked everyone this question. How have you been trying to kind of stay bowling sharp in this time uh, without having the ability to uh, actually go out to the lanes and practice? I have not been that concerned about being out of shape when I get back because I fully expect it. I know I'm going to feel bad. I know things are going to be rough. So it's more of a mental preparation for it. You know expectations, right? So when you do too many things to stay sharp while you you're limited, then when you get back, you have an expectations of how you are supposed to feel, how the things should go. So as I told you, I have taken up so many hobbies and so many things have been going on. Bowling has been on my mind and I'm very proud to say I've been watching, not all, but a lot of old US Open shows, all the queens, and I've been watching a lot of bowling and truly enjoying thinking about competing and just trying to find joy, just thinking about bowling a little bit differently. It doesn't mean I haven't been doing anything because I have been doing drills, which I also have posted some time ago on my Instagram of what you can do. But I still understand I'm going to feel bad when I get back. It's just a matter of a mindset and, you know, I want to enjoy it. I don't want to feel like rushed. So going back to the fact that tourists are not happening, I was very afraid that I might be one of the last ones um, that mm -hmm. the bowling centers will open up for. So it gives me less time for to get ready. Right, whether it will be announced that next month, so I would feel that pressure. And when there's the pressure, there's expectations, and when there's expectations, there's failure. So I'm not saying it's a good thing that WBA is not it's not happening. Please don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that this is another thing that is just changing the mindset about how I was preparing. I was just trying to be mentally stable in those internally bad times. So yeah, activity is the best thing, <laughs> my friend. You know, well related and stuff. Absolutely. Uh, you know, one of the things we've been doing to keep busy has been the PWBA podcast. And our last episode had uh, your good friend Verdi Crawley on. And, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about Weber International and, you know, you, DZ and Verdi all on the team at the same time, you and Verdi coming in in the same year. Uh, so we uh, we got a few questions about that. But obviously, you know, uh, coming from Poland, how did you kind of get in contact with Weber International? And how did that decision kind of kind of come to be? Okay, so we have to go very far back. Let's go back to maybe 2008. Poland and Latvia had been competitors, okay? We are the Eastern countries from Europe, which are not as good bowlers as Sweden, Germany, other countries. Me and Diana had developed a friendship very early, but she has always been the person I, in a way, looked up to. She's always been a better player from the very beginning. And um, I was following her career closely, even when she was youth. She had very good coaches like Sid Allen for Team Latvia, which I've always really respected. And her, along with Maria Tkachenko, which is a girl you probably don't know about, she was a very tiny girl with 
lots of revolutions that her and Diana were were just the people that you want to watch, you know? They, they show you the bowling, how I thought it was supposed to look like. And I really always felt like, oh, I want to beat Diana, because if I beat Diana, then it means I was doing well. She was always my indicator. Maybe not always, but it was an indicator whether I did good or not, but it doesn't mean we're not friends. So I've been, even when we were not friends at the very beginning, I was watching her career closely, then we got into be friends, and then she left to Weber International University. So there was that spark in 2008 as well, when I was on the bus on the airport, and there was Sid Allen, one of the best coaches of all time, I, in my opinion. And he's like, Daria, uh, you should go to Weber International. Whatsoever, <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> and he was like, it's a school, they have a bowling program. Uh, you can bow and, and, and do the degree. I was like, how can I bow and then have a degree? I, like, you mean I'm going to have a degree in bowling? I, I was totally like, I didn't know anything. <laughs> nothing. So he explained me very briefly because that was literally the conversation on the bus. And he's like, no, you can do a degree in whatever major they have, and then you can be on the team. And I think you can get scholarships because you're a very good bowler. And I'm like, okay. Okay, fine. Right? <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> and then I happen to have that amazing performance uh that tournament i have won the very first medal for poland on the european youth championship so that was a very big achievement my my self-confidence the fact that i can bowl if i want to i just grew and the thought of weber has been growing inside me in a way it was something that like oh there's something like weber and then it happened that 2010 i believe or 11 i'm not sure but yeah i went to weber and i contacted her uh maybe that's that's the same year or the following year and i'm like hey like how does how does it work what do i do i was a kid in the dark and she was very helpful she was sending me these very long messages uh, describing me how the credits for classwork i was like what is credit like three credits for one class what is credit like you know everything is different like i feel mm -hmm. like a lot of people in the state don't understand the differences in education how we go with the school so everything was new and she was very helpful and and then I applied and they said, yeah, you're approved. Uh, you have some scholarship for being on the bowling team. And it, it just happened. And, and the closer it was, it was always, I thought, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to the States. I'm going to study. And people in my high school were like, ah, oh, she's just a thing. And in a, in a way, I was just saying it. I wasn't so 100% into it. I was just like, yeah, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Yeah, yeah, when? Yeah, I'm going to apply. And then that moment came when I have to do my visa and the process has been going on. And I remember it like, like it was yesterday. I come to the kitchen and I'm looking into my dad and I'm like, dad, you know, I'm really not ready. Maybe I can go in January. So I will go in the second semester when I can take everything slowly. And he just looks straight at me and he has very deep eyes. Sometimes it's very intimidating. And he looked at me and he's like, if you don't go now, you're never going to go. And this is the reason of why when I had won that my first uh, PWBA title in Detroit, I was thanking my dad because he exactly knew what to say. And I know now that if I haven't gone when the time was right, I wouldn't have gone later because I would never feel ready. I was so unready. It was the biggest change in my life and I was not ready at all. My English wasn't good, nothing was good. I wasn't mentally ready, even though this thought was grained in my mind for so long. But that's how it started. And then I joined the program, my school coach is unbelievably lovely. He's that kind of a guy that you look at and you want to hack him. So I felt some sense of security being on his team and, and I loved that. Excellent. And Emil, that was some sage father advice right there. So I need 
Yeah, Did so know? sorry, I'm speaking someone, but that gives me. No, I took notes right there. <laughs> <laughs> I took notes of when uh, you know my my son gets to a point like that. I, I need to make sure I'm I'm ready with the the proper advice. That that yeah, is that was so important. Remember about the intimidating look. I, yeah, the <laughs> eyes. You got You got to sell it with the eyes. Uh, okay, so yeah, I got that part. Um, so then you and obviously Verity and, and DZ are there. Uh, any. Uh, funny stories or favorite stories that you guys have together. Obviously, you are, are roommates on the PWBA tour, mm-hmm. uh, but but uh, the friendships that that uh, developed through school, and then obviously, it the, the bond was strengthened as you went out on tour. Yeah, I, I must say that the bond has became so much stronger than it was before. I don't know if it's because Diana has gotten to Weber earlier, but. As I was in Weber, we were really not that much in touch. We just saw each other in practices. We were not very close friends. We were friends, but not very close. Me and Verity were more of the same year. So we became friends, but we were also not friends that we were hanging out a lot. We were just hanging out with our groups of friends. We were, we were cool with each other. But this bond really gotten very strong the, the very first year on tour. So, so, you know, there's so many stories, things that you might find funny uh, or the things that we find funny might not be funny for others. Um, there is that one story, and it's actually from Detroit when uh, when I won against Verity. Uh, we ended up going to the bar, and there was a lot of people in the bar, some of the staff from PWPA, and we were just having a drink. You know, it was, it was the time when uh, all the shows, like four or five shows, were recorded at the mm-hmm. same time. So that day, my show was the last one. I was the last one to finish. It was already quite late. So we went to the bar where there were already champions that had won hours before me. So the atmosphere was very was very nice. And I remember we were getting ready to bowl the US Open um, maybe the following week or later on. And that was the year when there was the rule where you can no longer request the squats. Because if something would have now before when we were with the roommate or something, you could possibly request a squad to be in the same squad with the roommate. So that way, when you have one car, you commit together and stuff. But that year, it was not allowed anymore. And it was just luck, right? So because we were in such a good mood and, and all, we, we kind of surrounded Tineo, the director of operations for PWBA. I was like, Tineo, you know, Daria just won. Verity is so sad. She lost. We were very cool. I think that we were very cool with handling the situation that one of us lost when one won. I felt like Verity was truly happy for me and we had a very good night then. And, you know, Tineo, like, she's so sad. She won. Just have us in one squad. Nobody's going to know. Don't worry. It can be A, B, C, doesn't matter. And Tineo's like, no, I cannot do it. If you're going to be lucky enough that the lane draw is going to, like, the the draw is going to be the way you want it. That's how it's going to end up being, right? And so we like were teasing her all about that. And then, and then guess what? ABC. It was more fucking serious. Yeah, we ended up all in a different squad. So, so yeah, that's that one of the stories. It was very cool. It was that one of the times when you can hang out with the staff and Tanil and everybody, you guys as well. When the tournaments are over, everything is over, all that pressure it just leaves your body and you finally chill it's very nice to carry lots of conversations to hang out with those people that you usually meet when things are more intense where you're competing i i will forever cherish those times when you can just like go for dinner after a very hard week or the tour so yeah i will always remember that that night 
Excellent. Uh, so the 2016, of course, intercollegiate team champions uh, or championships, excuse me, you and Verity part of the squad for Weber that uh, take home the, the crown. I believe we've got a clip uh, for that. And uh, we'll we'll show you kind of, I guess, pre PWBA in that sense. And I know for me personally, I, I watched uh, uh, both Aaron and I were there that year. And but uh, it's it's easy. And I'm sure people tell you. When you when they watch you bowl, they just say, "Okay, well, that clearly like she's got something like whether it's it, whatever it is, uh, she has it." And I, I do recall watching you throw a shot, and I was like, "Wow, I, I don't, I'm not mm-hmm. sure I've seen anyone throw it uh, in that manner." So let's roll it, Aaron. How about that? What do you remember about that uh, that show uh, that I season? I remember the stuff I was wearing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a very vivid memory. Not what was uh, what what stood out and really still stands out to to this day? Well, I must say that throughout my years in Weber, I I cannot say I wasn't committed because I was committed, but I didn't know what this what's the switch. You know what makes me click. How can I become a good bowler? Like, how can I help the team? I'm so sorry. Because the problem was that um, that I wasn't a good straight player, which I'm not great either right now. Maybe that's the reason why I had been struggling so much before the past years. But I'm also not great specialist, comparing to a lot of other girls that, you know, just makes first like it was nothing. I, sometimes I can do that too, but only sometimes. So I was only that one-way player that could just, Domains. And many times that like, the coach was, was like, Daria, if we need to, if we need a strike, you're in. So the, I was that person. And I never found a way of how to get out of that box of what I can do. You know, I can become better at what I was doing. And I have, but I wasn't fixing those gaps, maybe because I didn't know how I, you know, there was eight girls. Why would they want to try to risk me to play on fresh if there's so many other girls that are just better than me on doing so, especially that time? And I had that conversation two years into my, um, into being in Weber, two and a half. I was just after my knee surgery. And there was Ruben, the coach that is a coach at Kegel Training Center. He joined that year. I had three semesters left and he was like, Daria, it's going fun for you. Like, do you enjoy it? You don't even know what you're doing. And I'm like, what are you talking to me? And he's like, yeah, just kind of like you release the ball and you're not 100% know what the ball is going to do. Like you're not aware of what's happening, but that's not your fault. It's because you have not been taught of how to think on the leg. And he's like, you need a massive change. If you want, I can work with you. We can we can work with Randy and everybody to get you to become a different player, but that takes so much commitment from you. And I was like, yeah, I want to do everything. Blah, blah, blah. You know how everybody, like when, when you need, hope and then the help is given sure. you have to put effort absolutely when you have to put effort that's when things start because commitment i was never lacking it i was lacking directions but then when that happened he told me we're cutting on your back screen we're putting the glove on for weeks you're gonna be doing this and that and i'm like why you want to cut my reverie i don't understand that's the only thing i've ever had like you cannot cut my reverie and he was like yeah but what do you have now 
like can we play on fresh okay are you doing this or do you think that you can achieve whatever you want to achieve by doing what you have been doing like you have to jump without seeing the ground sometimes and that's the moment you know so the reason why you had seen me with the glove on the show is 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 one of the processes i was going through with the coaches at Kyoto that i'm so thankful for and and it was very hard you know for weeks i didn't know with what food to start but i was so committed i was in Kego every single day that time because i really knew that if i really follow what he was saying what the coaches were saying i was gonna get better so i left everything i had behind and i'm like i'm jumping in and that's when i became a bowler and that's what made me go on tour that's why i feel i'm successful on tour and it was it was really hard so yeah the itc i was crying every single day because i was bowling so bad you know we were bowling the matches and i would be 316 and i left everything to the left not even touching anything that's how it was the roller coaster but then we went on the set and i was bowling with the five girls lineup but i wasn't like rock solid great form i'm lined up but i was okay and we go on the on the setup and i'm like the feeling that i remember having is like wow i belong here like it like i want a bowl i never had that feeling that i want to bowl so much like i've never had before like i want to bowl on tv that's that's what i want so everything all the insecurities that happened hours ago before the show days ago when we we're qualifying they were gone i was like i'm bowling and we're winning this championship and and i wasn't in the lineup you know and i was very well lined up on on the practices i was hitting the pocket quite a lot a lot we were given maybe four shots each so you cannot say a lot but i was very comfortable and i wasn't in the lineup and and i felt in a way selfishly heartbroken but then i realized that there's so many reasons of why i should not be in the lineup and then the coach comes and he says exactly that oh yeah you can need a strike you're in right so it happened at the first game we lost against wichita the girls were a little bit struggling but i think it's the struggles of the very first shots on tv when you realize things that you it might bother you when you're on the tv set like for example a glove clicking so because it's so quiet when you walk your glove is clicking so then your you know focus goes from what's here to oh the glove is clicking so some girls had experienced that and they were very openly talking about it of how weird it was when you can hear your own steps and and we lost that game and we needed some change in and dynamics not necessarily needed a strike a spare or better game we needed some wake up i feel like like come on right so mm -hmm. it was like daria just just go for a hill i was very unready so i put my glove here they were kind of yelling at me you had to be ready <laughs> so yeah i i saw the shot it was a big pen that i saw it was okay and and then it's kind of blurry kind of not i don't remember when I, I stopped, I did something, I left the three ten. And I remember turning I never made a three ten. Okay, like in college three ten is kind of like I don't I just reset it. So I remember turning around and I was waiting. It was literally I was looking in the coach's eyes to tell me like, uh, okay, whoever go get it, right? Because it was I was literally asking for it. I didn't want somebody to make it, but I knew it was gonna happen and and they just passed me my scribble. I'm like, wow, that is that is crazy okay i'm gonna make it and i nailed it so there's so many moments of that show that i remember very vividly and it's something that i committed so much that this success winning this might have been the most emotional emotional win for me in my life because of the change i was going through because of the commitment that had paid off 
even though I was just crying days ago, I could stand up there and make a stare or, or strike. And we were those national champions. I can say I graduated as a national champion. And it's, it's amazing. There were a lot of great lessons in there for, for the folks watching and mm -hmm. listening at home. So hopefully uh, they were taking some notes too. So Daria, thank you for that. And, uh, you know, we talked about kind of the tape delay for your win in Detroit, but I remember that shortly after the ITCs was the Queens, which actually I believe aired uh, while you guys were out there competing at that, because I think we did a story because there were a ton of Weber and Wichita state folks. And I, I think I remember I, I talked to you specifically and like your teammates had to like push, push you over because you were, you're very shy and like didn't want to talk about and, and everything. But uh, um, you know, you come to that event and I, I remember a very vivid moment. You hit the bowl TV pair and we had seen you, uh, obviously, win the ITC a few weeks before that. Uh, and it was myself and Jason Thomas, I believe. And you rattle off like the first seven strikes on the live stream pair. And we have all these comments coming in. Who is this player? She throws <laughs> it so good. And, you know, you end up qualifying second. Later that year, as an amateur, you make, uh, you make the round of 24 at the U.S. Women's Open. Uh, so from that story, it sounds like there was just a ton of confidence going into those events. Did you expect to have that kind of performance? No, I, the best performances I had in my life were the ones I was never expecting anything, which goes back to why I think my season had not been the greatest, among some other excuses I can later share with you where things, things have not been going great. But yeah, I was, because of the change I was going through, I felt like I was a new player. I felt like bowling was different. And because it felt that way, I was more aware of the things that make me better or make me worse. So it was my choice or up to me of, how I perform, because if I was doing something wrong, I need the reasons of it. So I could go back and work on it. It gives you some set, sort of like comfort, knowing that, okay, like my release was not great, but I know I can go back and work on it. So when I was going into Queens, I was still in the process with, with practicing with the coaches from Kegel. And they just gave me a few indicators of what to focus on. And I remember up to this day, Ruben comes up to me and he's like, Daria, you are Daria, and you're gonna be missing first. Okay, you are gonna be striking a lot, but never let one mister influence how the game is gonna go. So I did keep, the only thing I really kept in my mind during that event is that, okay, I'm gonna miss this first, but I'm gonna handle it well. So yeah, I didn't have any expectations. The only reason why I really wanted to qualify back then was because I really wanted to keep bowling. Like I didn't wanna be in the back watching the girls bowl and I wasn't allowed to bowl. At the U.S. Open, the first day, my spurs were so bad. Me and Steven Jacobs, that was the first time we were working together. He's a 900 global bowler. We went to the other bowling center to test his spurs. So I bowled, I think, eight games or however many games that was. I don't remember the format. And we practiced terrible. I was like, I, Steven, I have to do it. Like, if I don't practice now, I'm not going to have confidence for tomorrow. So there's a lot of things I had done when I was in the process of becoming a player that maybe I have lost throughout the years of being on tour. And I don't mean that I get, I don't know, my, my head didn't get big, I promise you. Like my head is not big. <laughs> I'm still trying just as hard as I used to, but maybe I'm trying the wrong things. And and as the new season is coming up, 21, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I believe I'm gonna be a different player than I was uh, the last two years. 
This is the time, folks. Well, about this time, uh, we do try to take a few questions from uh, our respective audiences, of course, today on BoldTV.com, PWBA Facebook, and our Bold TV YouTube page as well. So if you do have a few questions for Daria, we will try to get them in uh, as best as possible. Uh, we try to do about halfway through. We're just over that point uh, as well as at the end of the show. So let me see uh, one specific that I, that I would like to share now, Daria, if you don't mind. Uh, and this is from Mike. And uh, Mike asks, what four women, past or present, would you want to bowl against for a title? It's a good question. So you I could pick any four. I definitely want to bowl against Liz Johnson because we are 2-2-0. Uh, she beat me for the U.S. Open title 2017. Uh, she beat me uh, for the World Tour Rankings when we're bowling on TV. Um, I'm not getting intimidated by her. I think a lot of people don't get really intimidated, but we know what other person is capable of. So mm-hmm. this is the player that is the hardest for me to play against. Um, yeah, it's kind of, you know, Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal. They hate playing each other, but if you ask them if, who they want to play, they want to play each other. It's this question. And and yeah, Liz Johnson would be my, my one pick from the present. Maybe I would just because it's a two because I'm really unsure. Everybody I want to beat, right? Everybody want to bowl on, on TV and beat or just bowl a match. But from the past, and I can only tell you now because if you had asked me that question two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I wouldn't have known. But I have caught up with a lot of old US open shows, queens, and and then the birds. I knew she was a beast, but when I saw her <laughs> kid nine, uh, the TV show I guess Michelle Salmon, I'm like, wow, I want to live back when she was that good and I want to go and be her, which I don't know if I could. <laughs> I really don't think so. But I want to face her because the competitor she is and the way she carries herself is exactly how I want to be looked at when I'm already retired and somebody's watching me ball from the past. I want them to be like, wow, she's so good. Wow, she's so cool. And that's the feelings I get about Linda Barnes. And, and this is definitely the person I would like to face. I could go back in the past. Nicely done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I may have missed them. Did, did we get to four there? I was looking at some other questions. No, I only said two. Okay. All right. Just checking. I would, I would love to ball again. All of these great ladies like Karen Dolan Brown. She was CDB. CDB is just CDB, right? Everybody wanted to beat her. I think there was a year when she won 17 titles, which is crazy. Am I right? 17 TV shows, 17 titles, something about that. Crazy, uh, but those two, Linda Barnes and Liz Johnson's, just they're in my mind, you know. When I think of who I want to be like, and both of them are my role models, and definitely one day I want to be like them. That's what's up. Was it eight, 18, right? In 2001? 18 shows and seven titles. Yep. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know why. Oh, no, I get it's okay. <laughs> there you were, you were close. I mean, she probably could have won. That means she just could have won 17 titles that year. Uh, we had CDB on last week, too. So if you missed that one, folks, uh, be sure to check that one out on PWBA Podcast. Uh, nice comment here from Christopher regarding your victory speech from uh, your 2017 win. Uh, obviously, someone with uh, uh, sounds like a, a parent, certainly, and, and uh, giving you a nice compliment there as well. Appreciate yeah, that, Chris. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to throw this one on the screen um, from, from Joe. Has bowling gotten more popular? Or has YouTube just recommended videos on bowling by chance? Well, Joe, it's your lucky day. 
Bowling is 100% more popular. Yes, indeed it is. And uh, quite frankly, from athletes like the one we're talking to right now uh, and Daria Payuk. So, Joe, you should go follow Daria. Then you should go follow the PWBA Tour on all social channels, uh, and we got you covered. Um, Jasmine has a question. This will be the final one for now. We asked this question on Monday to Verity. And the question is, between Daria, or I'm sorry, uh, Diana, of course, and Verity, for you specifically, which uh, would you choose as a doubles partner? Wow, I cannot choose. I don't think I would bowl with either of them. That's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The connection is so strong that it's not about choosing one and not letting the other play. But I feel like all of us could benefit with not bowling with each other. Does that make any sense? It does. Yeah. More, like, more chances to win. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So if I double partner, that'd be So Daria is uh, always thinking about the team. Uh, I, I, I like that. Okay. We're going to ask uh, Diana on Monday the same question. I don't know if you heard Verity's answer uh, on, on not, Monday. I've gotten to that part of it. Okay. She, chose, she did choose. She chose Diana. I would think so because Diana is a better special <laughs> That's that's what she okay, said. Then, <laughs> what's the ratio? Is the ratio from one to three or from three to twenty-five? Right, one to three, you think Diana. Three to twenty-five, you think Daria. Diana is about a flow, you know. perfect. I don't think Diana can strike so much as as much as I do, and I don't think I can be such a consistent player as she is. Nicely done. Uh, we appreciate you, and uh, thanks for the questions, folks. Uh, and I'm serious, Joe. Uh, check check out Bowl TV while you're while you're on YouTube. Um, bowling is indeed popular. And uh, as we continue our conversation here with Daria Payo, and Daria, you mentioned uh, some of the struggles the last couple of seasons, um, and I, I have wondered, and we we've talked about it a, a little bit uh, prior to. First and foremost, I, I'm curious, kind of how. Um, how are you able to kind of block out uh, some of the noise, if you will, right? When you try to manage your own expectations versus some of the things that you hear, how do you block out everything else and try to just be what you think you're meant to be? Well, I think I'm just a very positive person in life. And my friends, I'm sure, can say the same thing about me. I'm very realistic in many ways. So I do speak about my flaws very easily. I don't have a problem speaking about me missing attention. Uh, but I don't have a problem blocking out things. It's more the expectations I'm creating for myself. And the very first, the 2018 was very hard for me because I did not realize of how popular I have gotten within the bowling industry. And I realized that going to Korea in November 2017, and it was crazy. I didn't know people knew who I was. Like, they wanted my signature. It was a big hit. And uh, I'm not saying that I have realized I'm a great player, but it's in a way put a lot of effort, a lot of pressure on me trying to prove people that follow me and support me that I am worth their time, I'm worth their support, and that if I had won before, I should be winning more now. Because as you were saying, it started with uh, winning nationals when I was going for a change then, Amateur, I was second at the Queens, I made the US Open Cup. Everything was going up, right? Then I won the title, then I was second at the US Open. 
it just felt like everything is going this way and that's how it's supposed to be because I haven't had that drop, right? And the first drop I have uh, I have had was in 2018 when things were not going my way and I couldn't find myself. And that was very hard, but I think it's a part of being an athlete of how you, how you handle it. And I've never been on tour to win. I'm going to be that honest. We are there to win because because we want to be the best, but I was there for the feelings I was getting out of bowling. I was there for the competition itself. Of course, the end product is being a winner, but it's about the adrenaline that you get when you need a strike and you strike. But I wasn't given the adrenaline because I wasn't performing well enough to have that chance to strike to, to win or to make the cut. Or if it was bad, it was bad. So this adrenaline was missing in my veins. I felt like Bowling became very mellow, very boring, very like my job, not what I have chosen to do. And I have lost myself into that circle of having to perform instead of wanting to perform. Because I, at that moment, my physical game was not great. It was a lot worse than was in 2017, maybe because I had stopped working with the coaches. Not, not because I didn't want to, it was just because they're so busy and I was no longer in the Weber program. A lot of things have played part in it, and and I just got lost in it a little bit. And it was very hard just to find joy. It was very hard to step on the lines and being like, oh, I want to bowl more games. As I was telling you before, it's kind of like I wanted to make the cut so I can keep on bowling. And then I, if I didn't make the cut, I was completely okay with it. I mean, of course I was sad. Everybody wants to get checked. Everybody wants to make a cut, but I felt like, well, at least I don't have to wake up so early and have to force myself to go eight games and still not make the cut because I had so many things uh, to catch up that I was unable to, which I was able to if I go great. But that was the feeling that I had. And when you look through the tournaments I have been performing well, you're going to see that I'm performing well on the easier conditions. That's where I'm standing out a lot more than I'm standing out on the very hard ones. When I did win Detroit Open, it was one of the easier patterns. They're not easy. Like I, I hope that people that are watching know that they're not easy, but they're a lot easier than one-to-one patterns that we get to bowl sometimes or like reverse brush, like just the, <laughs> no, never mind. It's just like, I have noticed that I'm bowling a lot better when it's easier because I can strike a lot more, but yet my margin of error is, is a lot bigger than it should be. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, like I'm missing a lot more than I should be missing when the lanes are very hard. I need to be more square up and I have to play um, just more safe. And I've never been a safe player. I, I'm hooking the ball. So I feel like it's not because I want to, but I cannot play straight and my ball is hooking. I can try to tweak it to get my hand out to roll the ball more. But it's so hard to not be yourself for 16 games of qualifying, you know. I understand the lanes will open up eventually to where you don't have to play very tight to the ball pedal, play very straight. But unfortunately, when the lanes are so hard on the tour, they also break down very hard. We don't we don't see the breakdowns but very often to where it's, okay, you break down the lane, you up the second arrow, and then they blow up. And then all the high rep players, whoop, go left and strike forever. It's not like that. It's, the breakdowns are so tough. Like, there's so much out of bounds, there's so much hook at the front, which I'm laying down the ball quite early. Uh, so I do see a lot of hook at the very beginning. Then I, I might not see the hook down the line because my ball burns up and I'm moving to the old and my ball never sees. And then everybody's like, oh, what is Daria doing? She's way too far left. Like she doesn't know, she hasn't learned yet. 
like, come on, see what Liz Johnson is doing. Like, I'm not Liz Johnson. I'm not Danielle. I cannot play as good as them when they play the A game. So it's not excuses I'm giving. I'm just trying to, to, to have a picture in my head that I know what I'm good at and I know what to work on. And being straight up player, confronting the backbone feather is definitely what I have been working on. I've had them. I will start again and my first. <laughs> so I'm not going to have those up and downs. Sorry, I'm not turning on the light because Sorry. The sun has the sun has set in Poland. The sun has set. We got a we got a couple more questions left, uh, Darian. Um, but the the honesty that you uh, that you talk about uh, that you that you give uh, not only us but your fans obviously. I, I feel that most players are probably that honest, but maybe not all the times in the public setting and and you are you don't have an issue kind of discussing your your faults in a sense well how did you pick up this that level of honesty like is this an, a trait of yours as a person or, or something just kind of make sure you hold yourself accountable as a player it's very hard to remember all your lies you know <laughs> if you're lying or something else it's a lot easier to say as things are but with full honesty i have opened my facebook page in 2017 and I remember I was talking to my boyfriend. And I'm like, hey, I have 2,000 friends on Facebook. I'm a bit tired of not knowing who it is on my feed. I'm going to open the page. Like, I have a page. He's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, yeah, but don't worry. I'm going to make it fun. I'm just going to post my experience. So my first thought of putting the page was that not as many people are so lucky as I was at the time to practice that type of training center. Not as many people were as lucky to be a part of the college program. Not as many people were lucky to be in the States. Not as many people were lucky to meet the people I was meeting on a daily basis. So I wanted to share it. So all my posts at the very beginning were dual language. It was in English and in Polish because I was really trying to to show uh, Polish players how everything looks and I was really sharing it. And, and it caught on and I was very surprised because I was just like, Literally, I was putting my phone on uh, during the practice. It was behind. I was just playing. I was like, oh, I'm just going to do a video for my. I don't really know what about. And then I don't a free up. I was cutting the videos. I was just describing what I was doing. And people really appreciated me taking the time and, and showing what I'm working on. And then the honesty within just it was nothing I was ever like thinking about. If somebody is asking me uh, about a question, I'm always going to try to be very honest. So it was very simple. I do, I, I do get worried sometimes I set my sight too much, you know, and maybe hurt someone with my honesty, but I'm always going to try to be transparent for those who, who have faith with me. Excellent. Aaron? Uh, you know, since we're talking about social media, obviously, um, you know, over the past few years, you have uh, really developed a, a humongous fan base for for the players on tour. And, uh, you know, just what has that experience been like in general? And, uh, you know, what what are some of the tough parts about being Daria on, on social media? It's very time consuming if you want it to be a time consuming. Um, I don't know if you know, uh, just past week, I have gone on Instagram and I said, hey guys, I'm deleting my social media. I'm deleting Instagram, Facebook from my phone. Because I realized that I was just scrolling so much uh, through Instagram, especially now during the quarantine. And those are the downsides. The downside is that when you post something, 
you are on Instagram and then you're just like looking at the comments, replying. If that was just there, that's fine. That's no problem. But humans work a bit different and you keep checking, not necessarily for your posts, but you keep checking how your friends are doing. And then you find yourself reading about black hole and stuff like that, or just following weird accounts on Instagram. So those are the flows. If you don't know how to manage your time well on social media, it can be very, it can hurt you in many ways, like not being present with your family. And I have realized it, that I was spending a bit too much time. So I decided to totally cut it down and I'm feeling a lot better with it, but I'm very, very excited to go back on it and share my things with people that follow me. Cause I know that for a lot of them, it means so much for, to show what I'm doing on a daily basis to become a better person or become a better player. Um, the downside, the worst one is the hateful comments. And I think that everybody's facing them. Uh, the very beginning, I did not really get much hate because I wasn't very well known because people did not have expectations. Right. I was just one of the girls that decided to show how she practicing. Okay, fine, right? It's okay. Who can hate that? Because there wasn't really much it wasn't very opinionated. I wasn't anybody to be having to prove something. But then I became a better uh, I became successful. So people that were started to follow me became very excited about me coming on tour and being that high rev rate dominant player. I was like, Oh, she's the future, she's great. And then I started to go bad. And then the people that were following me are still following me, supporting me very much. But then there are people that come now and they see those people who follow me. It's like, what are you talking about? She sucks. Like, she's not great. Like, look how much, how many stars she messes. Oh, look how her angles are always off. And when you read it, it's, it's quite tough because I already know my flaws. But when people call you dumb, stupid, uh, they tell you that you should be I don't know, peeling potatoes instead of bowling. And it really hurts you. The worst ones are the ones that are very true. So even though I'm very open to myself and I know my flaws, when somebody hits that weak spot, when somebody tells me like, sorry, you're never going to learn how to mix first. Then I'm like, well, maybe he's right. You know, I know he's not, but like maybe. And those are the comments that are the worst. The ones that are very personal, and they hit the weak spot. And the ones that are just saying like, oh, you're fat, like, okay, fine. Like, I don't care, Like you can call me whatever. But when you really want to hurt me and you really want to like put that comment there to just like make me sad or make me doubt myself, you can do it. And a lot of people have done it. Yeah, I know it's obviously a struggle. I do recall one time where we were having a convo about social media and you were like, just just look at my my Instagram messages. Just look at them, and uh, yeah, they were they were they were a sight. Uh, let me let me tell you, I might have even responded on your behalf once because yeah. this person was just uh, just brutal and uh, what they were talking about, uh, and you get all kinds of stuff. Uh, so we commend you on how you handle yourself, certainly mm-hmm. uh, publicly, obviously representing yourself, but also the PWBA uh, in that sense as well. Uh, Aaron, I think we've got what well, we got. One more clip. Uh, we have one more clip uh, tied up, and it was actually to a comment we had in. I don't recall if it was Facebook or YouTube, but uh, it, it's going back to 2017, going back to Detroit. So we, uh, you know, we talked. We talked about that the uh, the speech afterwards, obviously winning the event. Uh, so let's go back to that winning moment here in just a second. I know it's here somewhere. There it is. All right.
So till now I drilled that ball right before the event. How about that? What was uh? Why did you drill it up? Uh, when I was qualifying for this event, uh, we were bowling like four weeks before at the finals. I had different equipment, and the finals was taking place in a different bowling center where the surface was older, I think, but definitely it was a lot drier. So the balls were picking up way too early, so they decided to go in a trouble, and the new trouble in the line was so I can drill it and we'll see how it rolls. And the very first shots I throw at that ball were all that Daria, you and Verity spent all four years collegially together at Weber International, and now you're rolling each other for your first title, and you come away with a win. Is this bittersweet for you? It is definitely bittersweet, but going into the match, we knew that either one of us was going to have a title, and that was already a win. I'm happy I'm here because. But Verity worked as hard. It's just one game and it's just 10 frames and you never know what's going to happen. One time you don't carry and that's the title. I'm happy that I'm holding it, but I know Verity deserves it as much as I did. Oh. I don't lie. I was getting a little teared up right there. Mm-hmm. want to remember for the rest of her career, a victory I can see I was very lucky. <laughs> About that. Nice music choice, Jason Thomas. Nicely done there to accentuate the moment. Uh, All right, we're getting near the end of the show, and uh, there was there was one item we did want to touch on, and uh, in regards to the 2019 season, and and again the struggles during the year, but uh, you were really good at the Players Championship to to finish. Uh, the season you just missed the show so uh, just what were some of the takeaways from that that week that that either you know you were like okay I can bring this with me to the future these are these are the things that I did well this week that I can still work on and and look forward to a promising future well let's talk about how easy the pattern was <laughs> <laughs> James listen strikes moment. strikes or strikes <laughs> wasn't the moment to Daria just phone herself and the pattern was easy and when it's easy it gives me a bigger chance to to find the right shape and that week I did and unlike so many other weeks prior I'm not saying please don't 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 think that I'm saying that I'm always gonna be trying to make the show easier but the pattern was a lot easier and I got a lot more comfortable I was actually playing quite straight and fast and I was very happy that that was that moment. I think I was playing and uh, Robin, and I think I was playing against Shannon O'Keefe, who later ended up being above me. So she was the one making the show. But we were playing the match, and I made three splits back to back. I started with four nine, then I made um, four ten, and then I made a two ten, back to back to back. So I'm still I'm still thinking of going back to both TV and watch it and maybe take that clip because it's the memory one of a kind, you know, where it was very intense. I had no strikes and then I made the split, made the split. But yeah, the takeaways were great because it was very nice to finish the season thinking that I still can, like I still can, it's not over for me. And I found a lot of joy in involving that last event. It was, in a way, it was a relief that this is over and that sounds quite brutal, but there was a lot of traveling and there was a lot of very early mornings and a lot of very bad bowling for, for my side, so it was, 
it was quite a relieving knowing that this overflow of blend that can come back in 2020 and just be better. And I knew that I could, so that gave me that, that sense of, okay, I can do it, you know, like, I can do it. And other than that, I, I don't really have very strong connections to that event. It was one of many and I'm very happy I finished I finished well, but I wish there was a tournament that I'm bowling bad. I wish I wasn't bowling that bad. I still would like to be close to the cut. Even if I don't make the cut, I want to be around it. But in some events, I'm just totally out of it. And, and this is the thing I have to work on. Dari, before I forget, I just want to let you know uh, that there's been a lot of people in the chats, and uh, all of them, uh, that have been just, just commenting in regards to your level of honesty and uh, people rooting for you. So if you get a chance, just go back and, and take a look at some of those. And uh, uh, well, yeah. I'm trying to comments later on. Yeah, you and Verity are pretty good at that. Verity, I think, was answering or replying to comments while we were still live. So you, you, you kids and your social media these days. <laughs> um, all right, Aaron, uh, I think it's about that time for the final question. I don't see that many. I think I've covered just about everything from a chat perspective. Uh, and then we'll close the show in a little bit of a different manner, just kind of rehashing what we talked about at the at the beginning. All right, Daria, uh, you know, we've talked to, to everyone so far in the first 19 episodes and kind of gotten their, gotten their take on some favorite things to watch during quarantine. So uh, for you, do you have a few favorites uh, that you've been binge watching, some favorite movies, some favorite series, Netflix, uh, Hulu, whatever it may be? What are what have been some of the favorites? Well, during the quarantine, I've been reading more books than watching the shows. But I did rewatch Prison Break for the third time in my life. The whole thing. <laughs> Before you move on, Verity said you were going to mention Prison Break. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. Because actually got me to watch it back when we were in Weber. Like, you have to watch it, like the whole thing. And I watched it. So, yeah, I watched it for the third time. And I would definitely recommend that. Money Heist is my other favorite. Uh, Bodyguard is also a British show that is it's okay. I like it. Designated Survivor, only if you watch like two seasons is okay. Later on, it's a bit boring. Uh, so yeah, that, that would be it. I'm curious which books that, that, uh, that you started to read or, or have grown into your collection during this time you mentioned that. There is so many. So I was, uh, like, before I was explaining to people that follow me on Instagram that I like to cycle my books. One book has to be that is totally fun and I'm not thinking about anything. It's not self-improvement book of any sort. And then the other one, the next one has to be in a way of self-improvement, which the best books from that category are usually biographies. So um, I really like Sharapova's biography. Um, there's been so many. And from the other part, I really like science fiction. So Dark Matter is definitely my favorite book of all time uh, by Jason Crouch. He has two books right now, uh, Resurrection, I think is the second one. So those two are, are great. They talk about uh, traveling in time, what you can change from the past. It's, it's very surreal, but it's also very real in a way. So so those type of books. And now I'm reading Power of Now, so it's the other category, which talks about how you have to put everything in the moment that you are um, living at the, uh, right now. Maybe that's the reason why I have um, decided to go away from social media. But it's a bit boring. Just same concept going over and over and over again the same one you read a lot of mental books many times it's just the same thing over and over and over again so it's nice to read it from time to time but science fiction is always going to be my baby how about that there we go nicely done 
Nicely done. Uh, well, uh, let's see. And uh, let's let's start at the top, folks, as we get ready to close here. We appreciate Daria. And we will give her one more opportunity uh, to just share a couple of thoughts. But if you are just joining us or you joined us midway through uh, today's podcast, we opened uh, with some sad news that the the 2020 PWBA tour season officially uh, has been canceled as of today. That news is, I'm sure, now made the rounds and uh, the social circulation. Uh, it's probably hit your inboxes, of course, uh, if you are on our list via press release. So uh, certainly sad day. Uh, we, Aaron and I talked about it a little bit uh, at the beginning. Um, many of these concerns regarding player safety, uh, staff safety, uh, obviously related to COVID-19, the pandemic, uh, the various uh, restrictions or uh, and or lack of guidelines for various states makes it difficult to conduct a, a full field tour. Um, but, you know, there could be, um, you know, some things to look forward to, certainly uh, in the future. Uh, in regards to 2021, all things and all signs are a go in that regard. So everything is is looking toward 2021 uh, at this point. It certainly is unfortunate. It's sad. I'm sad. Obviously, Daria sad. And uh, Aaron is, you know, we Aaron and I are on the other side. Daria uh, is right there in the mix from a player perspective. So certainly affecting her a little bit differently than the way it's affecting uh, Aaron and I. Um, Daria, just to close the show, uh, maybe a couple or additional thoughts that you talked about earlier, just how you took the news and, and maybe how the fans should take this when we look forward to the future. Yeah, first I would like to thank you guys for relaxing me a bit because uh, the news hit me uh, two hours ago, two and a half, and it was it was very tough. I couldn't get myself together emotionally because I didn't know really what to feel about it, but it was very nice to chat with you and go back the past and talk a bit about what I think about bowling, how I perceive everything. So it's, it's, it's very nice. I am very sad, but I know the best decision was made and I know our safety was the priority. And I should just thank you for the FBA for, for thinking about all the players, not only the ones that are just in the States or in some States. It's cancelled. So we know what we're standing on. We're going to get ready for 21. and. And until then, we're going to be bowling as we were bowling before the tour was even reported. So there's still a tournament going on. The, I hope, I'm hoping there's going to be a lot more. We're still going to be practicing a lot. And I'm hoping there's still going to be clinics and everything. It's just that we're not going to be traveling so much trying to bowl for a title. But we're still going to try to bowl for a win, which is for most of us are bowling for a win and for the adrenaline rush. And I'm really hoping I get to bowl a lot of tournaments this year. And I'm hoping to feel that adrenaline one more time. And even though it's not going to be PWBA, it's still bowling. I'm going to be looking forward to 21. And we certainly look forward to seeing the players as uh, as these restrictions continue to lift and uh, provide the fans, of course, an opportunity just to see their favorite players uh, uh, on the lanes. Aaron, any final thoughts from you? Uh, just a big thank you, Daria, for joining us today. Uh, as we kind of talked about before the show, it, you know, it was it was kind of an abrupt situation to bring that upon and then have the podcast, and you handled it uh, fantastically. So we appreciate you for that. We appreciate the honesty and, uh, you, you know, just just helping us out today. And, uh, you know, obviously, we, 
we do hope everything is uh, good in Poland. We're looking forward to uh, maybe a post or two uh, once you get back on the lane. So, uh, <laughs> okay, two weeks. But uh, but we're certainly looking forward to that. Uh, so thank you again for joining us today, and uh, you know just stay stay safe, be well, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll get to see you soon. You too. Thanks to everybody who has been with us live and commented. And Daria, before you go, I know you took the break from social. Uh, when you when you come back, I, I had to come back for you. Uh, well, we we'll, we'll appreciate, we appreciate that. So, <laughs> so if you don't mind, if you want to let the good folks know where to where they can follow you and, and check out all your cool content, uh, my Instagram is Daria Fayon, which is D A R I A P A J A K. My name. My Facebook is the same. Uh, my YouTube is probably the same. I do have some videos there. My TikTok is the other way around. It's Fayak <laughs> Daria. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Follow me on TikTok. <laughs> And, and Aaron Smith, for the first time, we got a request about our own Instagram account. So, oh Aaron, Aaron where, where where can the good folks follow you? I, I have a funny story about this. I uh, 2018 ITC sectionals. Uh, Caitlin Johnson, who bowled, bowled for Weber, uh, just won Player of the Year. I remember she came up and she asked me what my Instagram handle was, and I had I, I think I made my first post like that week, and I, it took me like 30 seconds to remember what it was. Uh, so. Yeah, I, but it's USBC Aaron, so that's it's nice and easy. I should have remembered. It's the same as my Twitter ha- handle, and I had no idea what it was. But uh, I, I always remember that moment when people ask me about that. But uh, yeah, at USBC Aaron A A Aaron, as uh, you so eloquently put it, Emil. So absolutely. And uh, on Instagram, I can be found at Emil Williams Jr. First name, last name, suffix, and at EWJR on Twitter. Uh, as well. So uh, on behalf of Daria, again, we appreciate you and uh, thank you for being such a professional. And as Aaron mentioned, your honesty, certainly uh, this was a welcome conversation needed, uh, missed some bad news, but uh, I think it was just what the, the doctor ordered, if you will. So for Daria Payoke, Aaron Smith, my name is Emil Williams Jr. Don't miss us on Monday as Diana Zavialova, the third member of Bowling Trio, we'll talk about that on Monday. Uh, DZ will join us on Monday, the PWBA podcast. Uh, Until then, folks, uh, stay safe, be well, and uh, we will see you soon on the PWBA podcast right here on Bolt TV. See you soon.